podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. So uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 46 through to 7 and chapter 1, and you'll see why we've included 7 and chapter 1. Remember the, uh, the chapters and the verses were added at a later date, but as the text is, uh, was put together by the writer, then we get to see uh, more clearly, I think, as we include chapter 1. And the question this morning for you, it's rhetorical, so don't feel like you've got to answer, but nevertheless, I do feel you should listen, because the question is, how well do we listen? How well do we listen? Now, if I'm honest with you, I do believe there are a few variables to consider before you give an answer to say, I'm a great listener or I'm a terrible listener, okay? Because it, it matters the situation or circumstance that we find ourselves in, doesn't it? If we're doing something brand new for the first time, like a skydive, for example, one would be very attentive and would listen, I would hope. If you don't listen, well, there's a fair chance that at 30,000 feet, it's gonna hurt. How much you'll feel, I'm not sure. But you see, there are variables to the, to the word or to the idea of how well do we listen. I also think one of the biggest variables, certainly in our household, is the time of day. If it's early morning or it's late at night, the amount of listening drops somewhat. Anybody notice that with kids? You know, the, 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 the listening capacity can be pretty rubbish depending on the time of day. But also, if we're brave enough to say, who's speaking tends to also be an influence onto whether we listen or not. Kids, if you go into a, a lesson at that place that we shall not mention at this time of year, and there's a teacher, say, an educator, probably a better way of putting it during the summer holidays, that you're not particularly keen on because of the, you know, something that's gone off. You tend not to listen as much as that teacher that you do like, or perhaps even the subject that you are really keen on. Maybe even we can listen sometimes, regardless of the situation or circumstance, you might be a really good listener. You might hear everything, it might all go in, but then there's a little bit of a breakdown between that and the application. You know, I say to the boys, did you hear me tell you to clean the room? Yes, we heard you. <laughs> Why is it not done? <laughs> well, there are better things to do. And I agree on the most part, but we can't get into your room, so it'd be an idea. So sometimes the application can break down, so we choose to ignore. Jesus, in these verses that we're going to look at this morning, gives a final instalment, if you like, as he's uh, headed through a few different things with the crowd that is around him, on the plateau, as it were, or the plain, that he's been giving them some instruction and some wisdom and uh, imparting uh, wisdom to them. And now then, he's looking around him and seeing who is listening. Who is listening? And he talks about two builders. One was wise and the other, mm, not very wise. Yet, even as he tells this story with, I would say, 
the most major application consequences that if you don't listen to what Jesus is saying here, that there are severe consequences of the greatest magnitude Yet, there are still those that didn't listen, that they weren't listening. So let's read it together, let's listen together, and let's, God willing, apply it together as well. Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, he says, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid a foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it. Why? Because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed. And its destruction was complete. When Jesus had finished saying all of this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask this morning as we look into your word, albeit briefly, Father God, that you would just speak into hearts and minds this morning. Father, your Holy Spirit might move. Father, we might not leave this place the same as we walked in, but Father, we would learn something more of your wonder and your beauty. And Father, too, that not only that we hear it, but we'd be ready to apply it to our lives. We ask all of these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So there's a really simple formula, and I'm not going to give it you right now. You're going to have to listen and wait for it at the end. There's a really simple formula that God has given to us, and uh, as Jesus then asks the question to those around about him and to us today, he says simply, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say. And it goes on. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts, puts them into practice, I'll show you what they're like. And he goes on to give a description of what that person is like that listens, that hears, and that adheres to the word. Puts it into practice. We know, because I quote it as often as I can, in James where he says, be doers of the word. Don't just listen to it, but do it. Listening is one thing. You may, might, may well be a fantastic listener, but putting it into practice, the application of it, can sometimes evade us. Lord, Lord, should be, God willing, if we know and love the Lord as our own personal saviour, Lord, Lord is our stance to God. If we've given our lives to him, we say he is our master. He is the creator of heaven and earth. Yet Jesus says here, and none of this sort of works, it doesn't seem to make any sense, and the reality is it doesn't. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? You see, how can we say that somebody is our master if we don't follow the instruction? How can we say, Lord, Lord, and then not do what the word says? Well, the answer is, we can say it, but do we mean it? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? We cannot call him master and then ignore him and do things our own way. Truthfully, if that's our position, our words don't match up with our actions. And the question is why? 
And I also think there are many reasons to this, like the, the reasons that we perhaps don't really listen or put into practice what we hear. There are a lot of variables. There are so many reasons from self-reliance that I can do it. I got this. I don't need to read the word. I heard it back in Sunday school when I was a, a wee child. Everything's still there. It's in here. I've got it. I'll just crack on. Maybe there's a, a lack of faith. God, I'm going to handle this because I don't think that you're quite on it. I'm not sure that you're attentive enough to my situation and to my needs. Or perhaps, God, this is just a bit too big for you, you know? And, and I know these aren't things that you'd ever verbally say. But if we're not careful, it's the posture of our heart, isn't it? It's the posture of what our heart says. Because I, I, I hear it, but I don't apply it. And I'm sort of there, but Lord, I've got this today. And there are a lot of different reasons as to why we believe sometimes that we've got this on our own self, that we can do this. Yet our posture, if we ignore God's instruction, places us, and this passage pulls no punches, it places us on a really slippery slope. It places us on a downward trajectory that is frightening. Because the reality is that God has said to us, I've laid out the instruction here, adhere to it, follow it, and you'll be okay. And we go, I've got this, I can do it, I'm going to set it up myself, and I'm going to just be in a position where I'll come back to it if I really need it, or if something goes really bad. If it all goes really wrong, then I'll have a look and I'll have a pray. But in between times, i got this covered. Jesus here paints a picture of two builders. One who follows the set plan and the instruction, and one who does, well, perhaps what he wants. Maybe because it's, I mean, again, there are a myriad of reasons. How, why would I want to build something my own way? It's quicker. You know, perhaps it's cheaper. Maybe if you've ever been involved in any house building and you think, well, if, instead of having a, a metre's worth of concrete for my footings, if I just do 700 mil, it's close enough, what do you think the building inspector's going to say? Well, your foundation's not deep enough. You build your house, it will fall down. It's unsafe. It's structurally not sound. Oh yeah, but it was quicker and it was a little bit cheaper, right? You shouldn't be building a house. You see, the reality is, the instruction manual that we've got, and here it is, the instruction manual that we've got gives us set plans and set instructions. And the builders here have been given the plans and the instructions. And one of them says, I'll follow. And the other one says, it's cheaper, it's quicker, maybe it's easier, who knows? But he didn't bother with the plan or the instruction. The Bible tells us that the one who digs the foundation deep, the one who digs the foundation deep and builds on the rock, well, he's considered wise in God's eyes. Now, we live in a world where wisdom seems to be what you can display on the outward. It never looks at the heart. Why? Well, it can't, can it? 
So the world says, I think I know what's wise. And God says, that wisdom is foolishness to me. You see, because God's saying, I want a heart that adheres to the word, a heart that follows the plan and instruction, because I know what's best for you. Well, you say, God, how do you know what's best for me? And the psalmist writes, I knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows every hair upon your head. The Bible tells us he's created us in his image. He knows you quite well. I'd argue and say he knows you better than anybody else, including yourself, even knows yourself and me. And God says, look, I've, I've written this out for you. You've got the instruction. You have to adhere to it. Else otherwise, instead of the, the wise builder in God's eyes, we can, if we're not careful, try and be the wise person in the world's eyes. And the wise person in the world's eyes, isn't it, is the one that came under budget. Hey, eh? The one that came under the time scale. Oh, what a builder. Nailed it. Did everything. It was fantastic. And it looks so big and so beautiful. Oh, that is the wisest person we've ever met. Until the storm comes. And the Bible, again, is so very clear. The one that built the house on the rock, that dug the foundation deep, that took the time to put the background work in, made sure that the foundation was right down to the rock, is the one whose house stands. Is the one whose life stands up to, not the storm that may come, because the Bible does not say that. It is also really clear. When the storm comes, it's inevitable. We do not sail through life without anything going wrong. And you've given your life to the Lord and you go, Lord, I'm expectant now that everything is going to be plain sailing. Somebody has lied to you. Because the reality is that life is life. We live in a fallen world. And things are not perfect. There is only one who is perfect and his name is Jesus. And he came to heal and to save and to forgive. Now, we have an opportunity then, as human beings, to say, I will follow the perfect way, or I'll do it my own way. I'll follow the perfect way, or I'll do it my own way. I'll dig my foundation deep, and I might not look wise in the world's eyes, but at the end of the day, if the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who put the stars and the galaxies into space that we're only still beginning to discover, if he believes I am wise because I adhere to his word, then I reckon that's a better credential than Joe down the road. Amen? Amen. That is a much better credential that God would consider us wise because we have followed the plan. We have adhered to the instruction and we're living out a life that shows that we are his, that we serve him. And when we say, Lord, Lord, it's not a juxtaposition, it's absolute for us. He is our Lord, he is our master. And we follow what his word says. The reality is in the opposite direction, that if we do not adhere to the word, then the house will absolutely fall flat. Make no mistake about it. It says in verse 49, the moment 
that the torrent struck that house, it collapsed. The moment the storm came, the moment that something other than a light breeze struck that house, it was done. The life was done. And, and when we see um, throughout our Christian walk, people fall away. We're devastated, aren't we? You know, the reality is that for us as a church, that I draw you, God willing, to look into the Word and search it for yourselves. This 20 minutes on a Sunday morning isn't enough. The, the hour on a Wednesday evening at Bible study, it isn't enough. Don't think that it is. You have to know the Word. You have to search the Word. You have to study the Word. And listen, some of us find that easier than others. And some of us have a, perhaps different opportunities. And you think, well, it's all right for you, Matt. You've got to get up and preach, so you've got to study. And that, in some essence, is true. But we have to look, and we have to know the Word. And you can't just take my word for what I say, because I can get things wrong. We have to look at what the Word of God says. And I want people to go, Matt, to be honest, I see this from this angle and then we can have a discussion and iron sharpens iron as the word says that we can start to develop and grow together that's why time in the word is so important because when the storm comes i might not be there those people sat at the side of you that you lean so heavily upon may not be there the word of god that's the one that is the one God is unchanging. He is steadfast and he is sure. And we have to build our lives upon the solid rock, the solid foundation. And when we do, we're able to stand up to the torrents that are coming. And if we do not build on that rock, be assured there is no messing around in Scripture. The moment the torrent struck, the house collapsed. You know, I wonder when you think about your own life and the outlook of perhaps what you've got coming up. September's a great time. We always think January is the time that everybody makes New Year's resolutions. But in all honesty, September is very pivotal in everybody's life, certainly if you've got kids, because it's a, it's a new beginning. It's a fresh start. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to be. This is how we're going to get through the next few weeks, months and years. And maybe you've got a five-year plan. Maybe you've got a 10-year plan. Maybe financially you've worked that out for longer than that and you're thinking, well, this is the pension pot over here. Um, and we put structure in place and we say, God, oh no, hang on. <laughs> and the question is, was God in it? The question is in the five-year, the 10-year, the 25-year plan, where does God feature in that? And he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Well, to be honest, I'm thinking about the next five years, the next ten years, 25 years, Lord. Yeah. And again, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Do you think I'm not going to be there? Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. One day, our Saviour is coming back to collect us. For those of us that know and love him as our own personal Lord and Saviour, he is coming back for us. Now, there is nothing wrong with planning. But make sure God is in the centre of everything we do, amen? That's a challenge to me as much as it is to you. Make sure that God is in the centre of everything that we do. Else if we're not careful, we think we're wise. We think we're wise. And God says that is not wisdom at all. Keep God at the centre of everything that we do. God knows his formula. He knows what he's saying. 
And I'm absolutely certain he knows that it works. Here it is. God is our master or our Lord. What he says, his word, what he says is what we do. He is our master. He has given us the instruction and what he says we do. It's only three points. It's really simple. It's a little bit harder to follow. I'm not naive. <laughs> he is our master. He has given us the instruction in his word. And he's called us to live out in action everything that he's put before us. We're blessed, aren't we, to have the complete canon of scripture. We're so blessed beyond measure to have received a saviour in the Lord Jesus Christ who has taken our place on the cross. But now though, we know these things, they're in here, but what will we do with that instruction? Listen again to 7 and verse 1. Jesus, uh, when Jesus had finished saying all of these things to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. All the people who were listening, there could have been 2,000 people around Jesus. How many were listening? There could have been 10 around Jesus who were listening. Not all of them. And again, I'm not naive. Some will listen, some will not. Jesus was talking to a crowd, yet only some were listening. Only the Lord knows your heart. So I want us today to pray that the Lord helps us to build on him, to build on his word, the solid foundation, to be fully reliant on him and his wisdom and his instruction so that our foundation is absolute, our foundation is solid. And when the storms of life come and come they will, that God willing we are in a position where we are able to stand. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to again thank you for your word this morning. Lord, for the opportunity that we've had together to just look. But Father, the words that we've read this morning, the account that you've given to us through your Son, the Lord Jesus, shows us that there is action. That Father, we have to listen, but we have to adhere and we have to put into action what we've heard. And I pray, Lord God, that you would help us as your church to be a church that searches your word. A church that wants to stand on truth. Father, a church that is willing to search out the truth. A church that is willing to dig deep, to find a solid foundation. That we wouldn't look to the left or the right, but we would fix our eyes on you. And I pray, Lord God, that you would just continue to build us up, to strengthen us as we find ourselves on that solid rock. And Lord, I pray too that you would just prepare us as we continue to look and search and grow together so that when the storm does come, that we will not be shaken because our foundation is on that solid rock. Father, again, we thank you for your word and we pray, Lord, that as we continue our worship, as we fellowship together as your church, that you just bless us, that you'll be with us. And Father, again, we just thank you for safety over the past few days and weeks. And we ask, Lord, that you continue to have your hand upon us. We ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.